Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's great to be with you this morning. It's, uh, it's a little toasty right now, but in 20 minutes, it won't be. Just, uh, it's just kind of how we got to roll around here. So thanks for being patient and working with us. Well, we are in the midst of a series that we're calling The Struggle is Real. And I want to share a message today called Click. And uh, I want you to know that the, the spelling of that word is, is not C-L-I-Q-U-E, but C-L-I-C-K. Uh, the the C-L-I-Q-U-E word, I always told students um, when I was in youth ministry that that was actually a swear word and that they weren't allowed to use that word. Um, but uh, this word is different. But, you know, and, and really today is obviously Valentine's Day. We're going to be talking about relationship. And, and um, I, I believe that there is a struggle that we have, and I'll say now more than we ever have, to, to make connections with people. Um, you know, we, we, I didn't say this in the first service, but we, we even hear of People calling the authorities on their neighbors for too many cars in their driveway. I mean, if you drive by my house, it looks like we're having a party all the time. But everybody lives there, okay? Um, but it, it's just, it's, the, the environment is very difficult to make connections. And, but I just, I want you to know that, that those of you that, you know, if you have a smartphone, you can take your phone out and you can, you can uh, sign up for an app that will help you make friends. Bumble BFF, um, you know, will help you find a friend. Um, there's, a, there's an app called Friender, which I think is interesting, um, just a, a name to call it. Um, there's one called Peanut. So based on your children, you know, we call our kids Peanut. We say stuff like that all the time. That, that based on your children, it helps you find um, friendships and relationships within your community. So we're, we're, we're using our children, you know, is really what we're doing. But I'm all right with that. That's okay. Um, there's one called Next Door. I even saw one that, that for athletes, if you, if you are into a particular sport, if you're an athlete, there's an app that will help you make friends, um, you know, based on that. Over the course of, of the years, you know, in places that I've served, you know, it's always been interesting because if you walk into a church lobby and you just mention deer hunting, you know, you're immediately you've got a connection with a certain percentage of people um, that are there in that church lobby. But as we look at this issue of friendship, um, the, the research tells us, and I want you to hear this because this is really important. Uh, and some of you, this is going to liberate you, okay, big time. Research tells us that, that developing close, solid friendships has the, the equivalent impact on your life of eating right and exercising. Do you understand what that could mean to you personally? When, when, when you are tempted to go exercise, you're like, no, I've got good friends. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? When somebody, somebody you know, puts a, a, a sausage you know, pizza in front of you and you're tempted to say, oh, I, I think I should go for the salad, you can say, I've got good friends. Why not? You know, it just, it's very liberating to understand the impact that friends 
can, can have on our lives. A 2010 Harvard, uh, 2010 Harvard study found that people with strong relationships are half as, at, they're at risk only half as much for premature death from all causes. That is an amazing statistic. That friendship can make that big of a difference in our lives. Another Harvard uh, researcher found uh, that solid friendships promote brain health. Some of you don't know this, but you need more friends. You don't understand it? The research proves it out. Do you know what I'm saying? You need more friends. Um, A U of M uh, study found that feeling close reduces stress and anxiety. Um, uh, Professor Rebecca Adams, who's a professor of sociology at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, um, she says this, and I, I love this, friendship has a bigger impact on our psychological well-being than family relationships. That's how important friends are. And, I, and I'm not saying that family relationships are not important. But who knew that friendships could be so important in our psychological health and ultimately our development? And, and finding and developing strong friendships is hard enough as it is. But then you add in a pandemic and you add in all the other elements of what has been happening in our country over the last year and it makes it even more and it, the, these, these ideas of relationships and developing them, they're very difficult and they have these incredible benefits that come to you and I when we, will, uh, when we find those kinds of relationships. The Bible is full of stories about friendships. It's full of advice and counsel on relationships And uh, I want to just start with Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, where the writer of Ecclesiastes says this, better, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. There is a positive impact from relationships that we have in our lives. It's undeniable. And this morning, what I would like to do is share with you Three, uh, three. I'll, I'll call them requirements, but three things that are necessary <clears throat> uh, for friendship, or 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 even reasons why friendship is important for us. And the first one is the idea of creation. And I want you to stick with me on this, okay? I want you to to follow me <clears throat> on this. Um, and and I want to ask you: Have you ever wondered why we we seem to need friendship? Have you ever wondered why? Because it is, it is a need that we have in our life. Throughout our lives, each of us has sought friendships. And we have felt the benefit of those. When a friendship goes, goes bad, we feel the impact of that same thing. Why do we need friendships Maybe you actually have felt in your lifetime, um, you know, you, you remember thinking, you know, I don't know if friendships are really all that important. And I want to challenge you today because I, I, I want you to understand that God has actually created you to need friendships. He's created you that way. And I want to, I want to take you back to the book of Genesis 
Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, Then God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God placed his creation, Adam, in the garden as the, the scripture says, to work it and take care of it, although many scholars believe that a more accurate interpretation of those words is to worship and obey. God put Adam in the garden to worship and obey. And so God saw and he recognized that it wasn't good for Adam to actually be alone. So, so God made a search of all creation, and there was nothing else that had been created that was found to be an appropriate match for Adam in this position of friend. And so a divine act of creation was needed. And we read in Scripture that God created Eve so that Adam would not be alone. Proverbs chapter 17 Verse 17, it says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The reality of friendship is this, that it's loneliness that was actually the first problem in the garden. Now, we all know that there was a problem in the garden, but we always think about the second problem. The first problem was loneliness, God had to do something about the fact that Adam was alone. I think it's interesting that in Genesis 1, that God says, let us make man in our own image. Why do you think that God created man? Especially knowing, because God is all-knowing, he knew that that Adam and Eve were going to sin. He knew that they were going to fail. He knew that they would be removed from the garden. Why do you think that God went ahead and created them anyway? And I'll tell you that I believe that it is because he desired to have a creation with which he could have a relationship. He wanted fellowship with his creation. Jesus, in his own mission, he says that he came to earth to seek and to save that which was lost. We've been created by our Heavenly Father for friendship. Friendship with others, but more importantly, friendship with him. And I have to, I have to say this, and this is, I think this is significant, but without friendship, person-to-person -person friendship, I believe it's, it's very difficult for us to be emotionally healthy. And I would say if, if we don't have those, if we don't have friendships, we are emotionally unhealthy. But more importantly, without a friendship with God, it is, and I want you to hear me, it is impossible without a friendship with God to have spiritual new life. Because that new life comes only from one source, Jesus Christ, and a friendship with him on a very personal level. Secondly, I want to talk about connection. Now, um, I want you to know that, that God has created you to feel connection. All right. Now, if we're talking about spouses, you know, that's like, yeah, I remember the moment when I saw, you know, do you know what I mean? We, right? We, we talk like that. 
I mean, not, not literally like what I just did. You know what I mean. But, but like, I remember seeing my wife, you know, when, when we first met. I, I remember, you know, I was like, oh, man, this girl is really cute. You know, we were, and there was that. that but, but, okay, let's take the romance. I know it's Valentine's Day, but let's take the romance out of it, okay, for a second. Have you, have you ever had a, a, a time, an occasion where you met someone and you just said, I want to be friends with that person? Have you ever felt that? I think, I think we, we skate over that a little too quickly. Okay. I want you to think of, uh, you know, I mean, how many really good, I mean really good friends, really close friends do you have? And what if, what if there's one more out there that really could be just, just a friend for life? I mean, just the most amazing friend you can ever imagine. When you feel that, just that, that, I mean, it just, it, you just feel, man, I want to be friends with that person. I think we need to pay attention to those things because I think God has something there for us in that moment. I remember when I was a sophomore uh, in Bible college and um, I, I started to get to know a guy named Greg and Greg, um, I'd met him in high school, but we didn't we didn't spend any time together. We weren't we weren't friends in high school. We lived in different cities. <clears throat> but in Bible college, in my second year, he was a freshman, and his buddies lived across the hall from me, and so that he spent a lot of time with them. And I started to get to know him there. And this guy is funny, and I don't mean funny, haha. I mean split your guts open, funny. Okay, maybe it's just me, but that's the way, I mean, he, he just, he really made me laugh and laugh hard, and I love that kind of laughter. And so I just, I, we spent some time together, you know, and, and then at the end of the semester, he, it's, it, it seemed to me, I know this wasn't the case, it seemed to me like he disappeared. And what happened was he transferred to a sister college in Springfield, Missouri, because of a girl. And he wound up marrying her, and they're very happy, and, and it was the right thing to do. But I, I mean, it was just like gone. You know, there's no social media. There was no, okay, this is going to make me feel, Simo, there's no cell phones at that point. In fact, in fact, there was one, one phone for the entire floor. Okay, are you with me? So there, we were not as connected as we are now. And, and so every five or ten years, you know, we would have a conversation. And, and up until about six months ago, and then all of a sudden, we, we've spent time talking to each other. And we were in the middle of a, a fairly lengthy discussion, and the, the thought hit me. And I said, you know what? If he hadn't switched schools, I'd be talking to my best friend right now. It, it just like a, I mean, it was like a, uh, uh, just an aha moment, you know, and because we just clicked. Here, we, we've been out of school for over 30 years, and we're talking like it was yesterday. You know what I mean? We just clicked. That idea, that, that phrase, click, in that sense, it originated in the early 1900s, and it, was, it talked about the function, how things just worked well together. And they, they believe, linguists believe, that what, what 
what people were referring to is the way a key sounds when it slides into that lock. And it, and it just, it hits that perfectly seated spot with a kind of a snap. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it just, and if, if I had a padlock and a key, I would struggle and want to do that the whole time, you know, because I, when I hear a good noise like that, I want to do it again and again and again. I think they call that OCD probably, but, but you know what I'm saying? Um, whether it's a pen, you know, the way a pen clicks or what, but that, just that, when that key slides, it's a perfect fit. That the, the tumblers inside that thing have been set in a certain way, so, and the teeth on the key so that it slides in there, and it is literally a perfect fit. That's the, the, the word click. Greg and I just click. We click together. I want to tell you about a, a couple of people that clicked in, in Scripture and it's found in 1 uh, Samuel chapter 18. It says, after David, verse 1, had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. Now, i got to explain this, okay? Because Jonathan is the king's son. Now, who's normally, who normally follows the king as the next king? The son, okay? And Jonathan was a great warrior. He was a great man. Um, he, he, his father uh, loved him. And, and we read very prominently about Jonathan as being the son of the king, right? But the problem was that the prophet Samuel had already anointed David as the next king. Are you following me? That could be a conflict in a relationship. Hey, I'm supposed to be the next king, but you've been anointed as the next king. Do you see what that could be? But you see, it didn't bother Jonathan that David had been anointed as the next king. In fact, it didn't bother David that Jonathan's dad was trying to kill him all the time. That could put a crimp in your relationship. But they were, they, they just clicked. They, they had a relationship where they literally were one in spirit. There was something, they just, they just had it. Whatever it is, they had it. They were so close that literally nothing could get in between them. You know, relationships like that, they encourage us. They really do something very positive for us. You see, they help us battle isolation. They really do. When, when someone else takes up your gray matter, okay, in a time like it's been in the last year, and you reach out to them and say, hey, I'm, I'm just I'm thinking of you, you know, just think about it. in this world that we're going through, and 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 you mean you, I was on your mind. You you know something about me was was taking up thoughts in your head. I mean that's encouraging, and and it, and it helps us to battle isolation. It reduces anxiety and fear. It produces growth. A relationship uh, with, with, with a close friend that you click with can really produce some solid growth in our lives. It produces a sense of belonging. It, it produces emotional support and encouragement. 
The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Proverbs 27.17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We are built up through these relationships, these connections. But there is another connection that is the most important of all, and it's the connection that we have with God through Jesus Christ, and God wants to click with you. He created you to have a connection that your heart would skip a beat because of him. God has created us for that kind of connection. Number three, There's this word characterization, that, that friendship um, is characterized a certain way. And, and the word characterization, it describes a distinctive nature of something. The, and, and what I'm talking about is the distinctive nature of, of that, that connection, that friendship, that relationship. In the Bible, we read about a man whose name was Enoch, and Enoch, the Bible says, walked with God, and it says he walked faithfully with God. And the idea of walking with God, it, it speaks to something. It speaks, it implies a sense of community. He, was, he, he communed with God. He physically, yes, I, I, you know, the idea of walking, but it's, it's, more, it's more attitude, it's mind, and it's heart. There was a sense of fellowship and, and community with God. The Bible tells us that, that Moses um, talked to God face to face like a man speaks to his friend. We read about the man Abraham who was known as the friend of God. The Bible over and over characterizes our relationship with God as that of a friend. So how is this possible? How is it possible for us to have a relationship with God whereby we can say with any sense of assurance that God is my friend? McLaren's commentary, I, I um, found the way that, that he characterizes this friendship. Um, but, but it's just friendship in general, but it applies to our individual relationships and it applies to our relationship with God. And the first thing that it characterizes is that friends trust one another. Trust is a basic requirement of a relationship. Wouldn't you agree with that? You have to be able to trust the other person. And... I would say that the deeper the trust is, the deeper the friendship ultimately is. You can say it vice versa as well. Deeper the, the friendship, the deeper the trust. But really, it's a, it's a matter of trust. Now, um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but, um, and, and I, I want you to, I want to say unequivocally, God has never broken trust with me but I cannot say that I have never broken trust with God. I want you to think about that for a minute in your own life. Have you ever broken trust with God? Have you ever done anything that was, that was against something that Jesus said for us in his word? 
Have you, have you disobeyed him? Have you, have you um, in some way, we'll just use the word sinned, have you sinned? See, sinning is breaking trust with God. And I'm so grateful that, that, that his grace and his mercy are there for us. But I've broken trust with him. He's never broken trust with me. Psalm 42, 5, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope or your trust in God. When we put our trust in him, he will never break trust with you. Never. He'll, the Bible says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The Bible says he does not abandon us. He, 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 is, he, he just never breaks trust. He is consistent all the time. Next, friends are honest with each other. There's, there's nothing that will break apart a friendship any faster than lying to someone that's your friend. And um, our relationship, our friendship with God, God is, you, you never have to be afraid that God is going to lie to you or mislead you. God is, what, is, what does the Bible say about Jesus? He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is, he, what, what scripture means is that he is the, the vehicle and the route. He's both. He's the, he's the vehicle that you need to ride to, to get to truth, and he's also the road that you need to travel in order to get to the truth. He is the truth. We don't ever have to worry about God being dishonest with us. We may deceive ourselves, we may deceive others, but, but God's never going to deceive us. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, it says that it's impossible for God to lie. We're not, we're not completely against um, speaking in a way that can sometimes make us look more favorable, right? I mean, I, I would imagine that all of us would have to admit that we've done that. That we've, we've, we've done things that, that we could say, yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% truthful on that. God's never going to lie to us. Number three, friends care about the wishes of one another. Do you think God cares about what you want, what you need, what you desire. The Bible says that he knows what we have need of even before we ask it. That's how well God knows us. I have to, can I be honest? Uh, there are times when my wife says, Kevin, I need you to do this. And I keep watching TV. And she didn't ask me to watch more TV. You know, Kevin, I need you to watch more TV. Got it, honey. No, that's not what she's asking. You know, I need you to do X, Y, or Z, you know, and, and, and I love her. I love her. I, I love her. Okay. But that doesn't mean that I always feel like, oh, I'm going to get up and do that right now. You know? That's just, that's human nature. That's all of us, right? That's, well, okay, maybe it's only me. Really? Is it, is it only me? Okay, all right. I, I just, because we, we said friends don't lie to each other, and, and we're getting really close here. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. That was free. That wasn't in the notes. That was good. Uh, some people, um, you know, they, 
they just, God is, God, in, in, in his relationship to us, he knows what we need. And, and he wants to give it to us. Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that doesn't just mean God's going to give you everything you want. Take delight in him. That's the, that's the preface. If we delight in him, he gives us every, every, the desires of our heart. What that really means is that when we delight in him, our desires are going to change and be more like him. And then we're going to get those and we're going to have everything we want. <clears throat> Number four, friends give gifts to each other. Some of us are just naturally really good gift givers and some of us aren't. Okay. Now, guys, if this is news to you, I'm sorry, but today's Valentine's Day. And if you didn't know that, when we get done with service, I'm going to suggest that you immediately go to somewhere that sells cards and flowers. You know, um, I, 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 I'm, I don't go to the store very often. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just not in stores all the time, you know? And, and if I am, you know, Menards is my store. So I'm kind of in a bad situation there. So, you know, like, like three weeks ago, I'm in the store and I'm like, there's Valentine's Day cards here. I don't know if I'm going to get back to a store between now and then. I better pick some up, you know. And I, I got one for Isaac to give to mom, and I got my, my card for Veronica. And so then, you know, you're like, okay, okay, all right, we're good, you know. And Then you tr try to go out to dinner today, you know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard. It's hard. And I, I thought, you know, okay. So then I was in Menards yesterday. <laughs> They had roses in Menards, okay? Now, I would have got, I would have, I would have taken a trip to somewhere else that had flowers, but you want to talk about a twofer. I got deer corn and flowers on the same trip. It was amazing, okay? And then I'm exchanging, I'm, uh, okay, all right. I'm exchanging, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm sorry. I'm, Benjamin's going to kill me later. I'm sorry, Pastor Ben. Um, I, was at, I was in uh, Kohl's yesterday, and I was, I was exchanging a couple things that I had got, you know, um, recently that people had given me as a gift, and they didn't fit, and so I was exchanging stuff. And, and so I'm, I'm walking out, and I see the jewelry counter, and I'm like, what are the chances? You know, it's the day before Valentine's Day, and I'm standing at the jewelry counter in Kohl's with a 70% off sale. It's the greatest thing in the world, you know? I'm like, this is amazing. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll take that one right there, you know? It was fantastic. That, that is not my specialty, okay? It is not my specialty. Some people are really good at it. Some people, not so much. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Every good and perfect gift. Everything in my life that I look at that I can say that's good has come from my Heavenly Father. Everything. There is nothing that these two hands have done to get it myself. It all comes from my heavenly father. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. He says, let the one who is thirsty come. 
Let the one who wishes to take, uh, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. God says you're free. You're free to come get the gift. Come get it. God, God is the best gift giver there is in all the world. You see, God loves us. And even though we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gave the gift of his son before we took one step toward him. Number five, friends stand up for each other. The Bible is full of encouragement for us on this. That, that one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. That, that God literally, he stands up to the enemy to protect us. Scripture says that God's given his angels charge over us concerning our protection. God stands up for us. He stands up for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Second Thessalonians 3, 3, it says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Friends, stand up for each other. When someone speaks to you regarding a friend, how do you respond to them? Really, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. I'm going to have to check up on that. Or do you say, you know what? I'm sorry, but I know my friend. And that's not my friend. Are you with me? God stands up for us in our relationship with him. And I want to read what Jesus said in John 15, 15. He said, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Jesus calls us his friends. How amazing is that? That we have that sort of a relationship with him. And number six, friends forgive. Have you ever had, had to ask a friend for forgiveness? That's, that, it's, it's hard because A, we're disappointed in ourselves. We know they're disappointed in us. Will they forgive us? Will the relationship be restored? Paul says in Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. The Bible says if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. I'm so glad that Scripture says that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is a forgiving God. Isn't that amazing? And, and believe you me, I don't deserve it. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you don't deserve it either. But that is who he is. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, we, we might think of ourselves in relationship to God, and we think to ourselves, you know, maybe I'm not good enough to be God's friend. I, I, I'm so happy to be able to tell you that God wants to click with you. And you, even if, if you don't think you're good enough, do you know what they called Jesus on earth in his ministry? They called him a friend of sinners, and it wasn't a compliment. 
They said, he's a friend of sinners, and that's bad. He's still a friend of sinners. He's still a friend of sinners. Or, or should I say this? He's, he extends friendship to us before we ever came to Christ. He demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did the ultimate friendship act. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. He extended love to us. He extended friendship to us by dying on the cross. And he desires to click with you. He desires to click with you. And I, I realize this morning that that God is, is speaking to us all individually and specifically. But I just want you to know that you have a friend in Jesus Christ. And if you have never accepted that friendship, that God has a desire to be your friend through his son, Jesus Christ. You say, what does that take? It simply takes accepting, receiving the free gift of salvation. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you for that friendship. And I pray that, that today, if there's anyone that is listening, there's anyone in this place that has not received that friendship with Jesus Christ, that they would understand that they don't have to do anything, they don't have to be anything, they don't have to get better at anything. All they need to do is simply say, God, I need you. I need your son, Jesus. I want to be friends with him. He's offered me that free gift of salvation. He's my friend. He stood up for me. And Father, your word says that if we, if we confess our sin, if we confess our need of him, that we will be saved. So Father, I pray right now, if there's one here that needs that, that they will simply say, God, I, I, I confess my need of you. Be my friend. Be my savior. And all heaven rejoices, your word says. Father, I pray that, that even one today makes it all worthwhile. And I thank you for that. Thank you for being our friend. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been wonderful to uh, be with you today, to worship with you, to um, look into God's word together. And I just want to say thank you. I pray God's blessing in your life. And uh, I look forward to seeing you, to uh, being able to chat with you as well. God bless you. And I hope you have a wonderful day.